0: pray father i just thank you for this time together lord and um, god i just ask that you just uh, speak your words to our hearts lord and uh, really stir up our, our desires for you lord um that even our emotions would just be stirred up lord in a really um awesome way god um Father, I just call me everything um, you've placed in my heart to, to share, Lord. Give me the right words to speak, God, I pray. And I, w- I want to pray that every single person here today just lives with something they've heard or received from you, God, from uh, from this time we spent together in your presence. Amen. Okay, so Psalm 27, 4. Um, it's a well-known passage. Most people know it in the church. And uh, it says, One thing I've desired of the Lord that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I'm reading from the King James Version. I'll just read that again. It says, one thing I've desired of the Lord. One thing I've desired of the Lord. Now, what what makes it interesting is the person that's writing this. Okay? Okay. The person that's writing this is the king of Israel. He's a warrior. He's a strong character in the Bible. I mean, I can imagine he must be a busy man. You know, uh, I, I don't know what his boy did daily, but I can imagine having the responsibility of leading a nation. There must be a lot of things probably had on his mind going on, more than most of us. Would you agree? <laughs> you know what I mean? To be the king or to I mean, what would be the equivalent of that today? To be like, say, the leader of a nation, the prime minister, you know. I mean, y- you can imagine there's a lot of responsibility and a lot of stuff going on that we would have no idea about. Most people wouldn't. But um, now we know about the great victories that he had in his life and the awesome things God did with him. What 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 makes that very interesting for me is the fact that he could, in the midst of all the amazing things that God did through his life, killing the giants, you know, all the awesome victories he had, he could just say, okay, I am concerned about just one thing in my life. And I feel the Lord wants me to just say this to us here, that if we are going to be people that would maintain strong prayer lives, we have to be a people of one thing. And that one thing is not gonna be our needs. That one thing is gonna be his presence. That one thing is gonna be the desire to be with him. Because I have a great desire to see revival come to the nation. And I pray a lot for revival. I pray a lot for removal of the spirit. But even more than revival, I am desperate for him. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord with all our hearts, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And the forces of darkness in our, in our society today seeks to drown out the passion of love for God. And when the passion of love for God is being drowned out, you don't want to pray. You don't want to spend time with God. You don't want to read the word. You don't want to do things that are spiritual and in the sense of connecting with God because the way society is structured is to steal that passion from you. And the Lord wants us to be those people that will be consistently in that place of our emotions, our minds, everything, just connected with God. It's not a bad thing to have your emotions connected. It's not a bad thing to have your emotions stirred up for God. In fact, it's good to pray, Lord, stir up my emotions for you. Stir up my passion for you. Because it says, love the Lord with all your soul, mind, and strength. It's not just your intellect. And a lot of times in the English church, it's very easy for us to kind of uh, come to church and almost disconnect emotion, you know, from my experience, disconnect emotion from spirituality, and almost think it's a negative or not so great thing to, to kind of show emotions or want your heart to be really sold into what you're doing in terms of seeking God. You know, but if you look at, People, you know, people go to football games and go crazy for God. and No, not crazy for God. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Go crazy for the football players. You see them screaming, shouting, you know, acting crazy for football players that will not pay their bills. Football players that would add nothing to their lives. The same people come into church and act frozen. And I'm like... There's something going on here. That doesn't seem right to me. I want to be most excited for God. That's, that's why I live for that's the That's the first commandment. And when we begin to talk about prayer and being people of prayer, it starts with being people that are absolutely sold well out and in love with God such that our hearts are captured by Him. Because we cannot maintain this relationship with God if we're doing it out of obligation. If you come in here out of obligation and just doing it because you have to, you're not going to go very far in your walk with God. When your passion, your heart has been stirred up, and you is it, you see, as I said at the start, there's some things that are really hard to explain. And I know what it is to not have my heart stirred up, but I know what it is to have my heart stirred up for God. And I tell you what, I prefer having my heart stirred up for God, because that way prayer is a lot easier. And it, it, that's all I want to do. On the train i'm just praying praying without season it's not a hard thing to do because my heart is consistently in a place of communion with god and this is the problem with having our prayer lives driven by our needs when you begin to come to god only when you're in need when the need is met you don't come to god because from from some of the experiences i've had there are times where Things have happened, and all of a sudden, the church has been rallied to pray, and we have seasons of prayer. Oh, yeah, we're praying for this, we're praying for this. And when that event or when that thing is passed, all of a sudden, it seems like the momentum of prayer just dies. Does anyone know what I mean? (laughs) I've experienced that a lot. And I I find that because the foundation of our prayer lives has not been desire for God So when those needs have gone, then we're not praying anymore. Because the reason why we're praying was because we wanted something to be made in our lives. We wanted God to bring a breakthrough. We wanted da-da-da-da-da. And once that was done, then it's like, oh, thank you, Lord. The comfort dampens our desires and we could get to a comfortable place spiritually where everything is going okay and, you know, you know we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not driven to see God. Bill Johnson says this. He says, show me a man that will pray when there's no crisis and I'll show you someone that will solve the crisis when he arrives. We have to be people that learn to pray when there's no crisis. But to learn to pray when there's no crisis, to be, to be in a place where you can honestly examine your heart and say, God, do I really have you as the one thing? Can I narrow this down to the one thing in my life? When I say, Lord, all I want is to know you. All I want is to be in love with you every day of my life. All I want is to have my heart captivated by a holy passion such that it's driving every decision I'm making. And my prayer life is just driven by that devotion and that passion for you. Now, Lord, I can't wait to be in your presence. That is what God is after. God is jealous for us. When you're married, you're jealous for your wife. And your wife is jealous for you. Vice versa, you're jealous for each other. And it's a righteous jealousy. Because you don't want them to be, you don't want to share them with anyone else. Is that right? You want them for yourself. That's the whole point. You made a covenant at the altar. You said, I'm going to, You separate myself from everybody else and I'm married to you. But what happens a lot in the church is sometimes we say things with our mouth, but our lifestyles are not reflecting it. And God is calling us to be those people that are totally jealous for him and he is jealous for us. But we have other gods in our lives that we've not divorced ourselves from. So we cannot go into a deeper level of intimacy with God as we want to. It's just like when you get married, what qualifies you for the deeper level of intimacy you have after the day of the marriage is the fact that you've divorced yourself from every other lover. You cannot cannot go into a deeper level of intimacy and make a covenant with your spouse at the altar while you're connected to other lovers. And I believe God is saying to us, he wants us to go into a deeper level of intimacy with him. But some things hinder that intimacy when our hearts are still connected with other things he wants us to be divorced from. He's saying, there's no way that's going to come in this place of intimacy. (laughs) That's not coming in here. So all those things bring a limit. And I feel the Lord just wants us to begin to examine our hearts. And this might be a challenging word. Maybe it is for some of you. And it is for me. Every time I examine my own heart. Examine our hearts and be honest with where we're at. Say, God, my heart is dull right now. My heart is dull. I don't even feel like I want to worship. I don't even feel like I want to pray. And that is that is good. It is good to face that honesty before God. It's not. It, I don't think God is mad at you if you say, God, you know, I don't feel like praying. God, I don't feel like reading my, the Bible. I don't feel like meeting with Christians. I, I don't feel like... The point is you're being honest. And I think a lot of times we can put on a, a show in the church. And God is not after what's on the outside. It's, it's after what's going on the inside. But what I want to say is this, in the place of honesty, in the place of saying, God, I'm not feeling my heart being stirred up for you like I want to. Say, God, I'm not feeling it, but I want to feel it. I want to feel your love burning in my heart, Lord, where it's not, it's not, I'm, not I'm not praying out of obligation. I'm praying out of passion. One of the things that has released, I've, I've seen that has released great moves of God in history is that, well, prayer. There's no move of God. In history, that did not start from a place of prayer, but what, what I've realized is the prayer meetings that tend to release revivals are prayer meetings that are a secondary consequence of desperate hearts, as opposed to just obligation. When our hearts become so love sick, and our hearts become so captivated, that is a good place to be. And I tell you what, you know. I'm not always in that place, but I desire to always be in that place. Because reading this scripture, David said that was all he wanted. And as God begins to open our eyes to see the reality of why this is so important to us, we're just going to not really care much about it. And for me, this is the greatest commandment. And it is really. But I feel like the greatest commandment in the Bible which Jesus said is to love the Lord with all our hearts and minds, has been undermined in most of the church. You know. And the Lord wants to stir us up to that place of first love. So let's look at the scripture again. And I'm going to round up in a few minutes. Um, One thing I've desired of the Lord, and that will I seek. So his desire did not stop just by being a desire. Having a desire is not just enough. The desire has to lead to action. One thing I have desired, and that will I seek. At the time he was writing this, he was desiring God. But his desire for God led to an action of him seeking God. And, you know, you can... You can, you can pray, God, I want more of you, God, I want more of you, God, I want more of you. But the truth is, you're not going to have more of God until you give God more of you. I believe just as you're saying, I want more of you, God is saying, I want more of you. You're not going to have more if you're not giving more to him to enlarge the capacity to receive more. And David's saying, I've desired it. boys. it doesn't stop with desire. It's like, God, I am seeking it. It's, it's, it's Have you ever lost something that's really precious to you? You know, like, I I don't know, something that really means a lot to you, and you lost it, and you, and you, and you, like, you really need to find it. You know, the sense of, gosh, I've got to find this. You look everywhere. You're like, you know, you just put, everywhere's in a mess, because you, you've got to find this thing, you know, that you're looking for. That is the heart of the seeker. Like, you don't care where, you just You've got to find it. And until you find it, your mind is not rest. Is that right? You're like, you're constantly thinking, gosh, I've got to find it. You know, and that is the heart of the seeker. And we can have that heart too. And God wants us to have that heart. God himself is a seeker. He's looking for hearts. But he's also looking for hearts that we'll be looking for him. It's, It's interesting. God is looking for a reflection of himself in us. That just as he's a seeker, he wants us to be a seeker of him. You see what I mean? Am I making sense at all? (laughs) Okay, so David says, one thing I've desired, and that will I seek, Uh, that I may dwell in in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Okay, now, he says that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I believe that is a way of saying that I may live in the manifest presence of God all the days of my life. That I may experience the reality of God all the days of my life. You know what? just reading this word and just uh, uh, reading this word and just taking it as a, as as an intellectual thing is not going to change us what changes us is revelation of who god is and experience of god this book right here is an invitation to experience this book right here is an invitation for us to get into A deeper place of knowing God. Otherwise, it's just information. And information is only going to make us more religious. What needs to happen is information from this book needs to become revelation. And the revelation needs to become an impartation. And that impartation then becomes a part of our lives. And then it leads to transformation. So we need the information from this book to not just remain as head knowledge. It's not going to change us. And that's what David is saying, that I want to live in the reality of your presence. See, when I read the Bible, I'm like, God, I cannot settle for this. I cannot settle for where I'm at. Now, I thank you, Lord, that I've come a long way from where I used to be. But I am so hungry for the reality of what I see in this book. And reading this book and reading about the lives of all these great men of God and even all the things that were done, and I'm like, God, you've not changed we can also walk with you in the same light. And I'm not ready to just settle for where I am at because I can see the deeper realities of God. And David is saying here, I want to experience those realities. And I believe God is wanting all these desires to become the foundation of our prayer lives, if I'm making sense. Because when all these things become the foundation of our prayer lives, you will always pray. No one is going to ask you to go to a prayer meeting. You would always pray because you're seeking God. You're not seeking for just the need to be met, and that's why sometimes I feel maybe a lot of prayer meetings can be boring. And sometimes you know, prayer is hard sometimes because you're facing your flesh. And it, <laughs> uh, a, a man called Leonard Ravenhill. I'm going to I'm, I'm digressing here, but a man called Leonard Ravenhill says. Um, the pulpit can be a shop window to display our talents, but the prayer closet allows no showing off. <laughs> In the prayer closet, you're as bare and as naked as you can be before God. And most of us don't like the feeling we get, because a lot, for a lot of Christians, it is a sense of disconnectedness with God. And they're not ready to face that, so they don't want to pray. But that disconnectedness is a good thing. Because it's showing us that we need him, and it should drive us to seek him more. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It shows us our spiritual poverty, and that should drive us to seek God. So the Lord wants us to make the foundation of our prayer lives, hearts, devotion, love, passion, burning hearts for him. When that becomes the sole priority of our prayer lives, prayer does not become something that you have to do. Prayer becomes something that you want to do because you don't want to get to a place where your heart is not burning. You don't want to be in a place where your heart is not just seeking after the Lord and you're just consumed by him. I don't want to ever be in that place. You know, I have been there and I hate it. And I know what it is to just have my heart just consumed by passion where I'm in the presence of God. And, you know, I'm not saying any words and he's not saying anything to me. But somehow I'm having the best time of my life. When you, you know the true test of how close you are with someone is how you maintain silence, <laughs> because when you're close with someone, you can have moments of silence and be so comfortable. But when it's on, you don't know. It's like, oh gosh, what am I going to say now? What am I going to say now? And maybe, maybe that's how we are with God. Well, What am I going to say now? I've got to say, I've got. Maybe God just wants to be quiet. You know? And there's a reality of enjoying God. That is not even about words. It's like deep calling onto deep and your heart is just set ablaze. Sometimes I've just been waiting on God and I've come out on fire. I mean my heart is just burning for God. Without Him necessarily speaking a word or me speaking a word, but I've just been in His presence. And somehow that changes me on the inside. And I'm saying God wants us to have that as the foundation of our seeking Him. I'm going to end with this. Um, in Towards the end of the verse, he says, I've desired to dwell in the house of the Lord, to do two things, okay? To behold the beauty of the Lord, one, and two, to seek him or to inquire of him in his holy temple or in his temple. So David said, one thing i desired, and I will seek that one thing. And the one thing is this that I might dwell in the presence of the Lord, okay? But I want to dwell in the presence of the Lord and I want to experience the presence of the Lord for two reasons. The first reason is I want to behold his beauty. Do you know the Lord is beautiful? <laughs> and saying it is not enough. When the Lord begins to open your eyes to experience, his beauty, or to open your heart to experience His beauty, you will be drawn. You will, in, in natural life, beauty attracts and beauty draws the heart. And I can tell you, there's no beauty on this earth, that, and I mean, most of us here are Christians, there's no beauty on this earth, you would agree, that would compare to the beauty of God. But the truth is, Our eyes, my eyes included, are not open to the deep reality of that beauty. And when God begins to open our eyes to that beauty, it begins to draw our hearts. It draws us into him. It's like it's it's a pull. The beauty of the Lord pulls you. But when you see it, it pulls you. And maybe when you're not seeing it, it's like, well, you know, I don't don't care. You know, I've heard uh, of... uh, couples that tell me every now and again you know they got married but before they got married they never noticed each other you know the person was there n- never found them attractive or whatever it was just like oh yeah another person and one day their eyes were opened and that moment there was a there was a draw does that make any sense and i feel it's the same with god when god begins to open our eyes and i pray this scripture a lot ephesians 1 um it says uh, that the lord will give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of our understanding will be opened that god will open our eyes that we might begin to see him and behold him in a new way because when we do that it draws our hearts and the greatest forces in the world are heart forces forces that flow from the heart you know and when it begins to draw your heart it Things just flow from there. Everything you do is an, is an outflow of a heart that's abandoned to God. And that's how it should be. And I want it to be like that in my life every day. Like my heart is consistently drawn to the beauty of God. So David says, I want to be in the presence of God because I want to be drawn to that beauty. I love the experience of being drawn to the beauty of God. It changes me and I just love that you know, that feeling of being drawn to the presence of God. It's a good feeling. And it's not a bad thing to say, God, change my emotions. My emotions are dead. Change it. I pray that every now and again. I'm like, God, my emotions are dull. Change it, Lord. Impact my heart with the love and the holy fire. God is a God of godly emotions. A lot of times we we tolerate ungodly emotions, but we can also have godly emotions. And it changes us on the inside. And that beauty has to draw our hearts to God. So uh, the first thing was to... um, to behold the beauty of the Lord. And then the second thing is to seek him in his temple. Now, I thought about this a, a, a few years back. Why would I want to seek God if he's there? Because it says, I want to dwell in the presence of the Lord all the rest of my life, okay? So now, I'm in the presence of the Lord. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm enjoying his beauty, okay? But the other reason he wants to be there also is to seek him. He's there, but I still got to seek him. And I realized... The fact that God is there and God is manifesting himself to you does not mean you've known all there is to know about God. And the mo- the thing is, the more of God you know, the more of God you realize you don't know. And you just think, God, I don't know anything. <laughs> and you just like, God, oh, I really want to seek you more. We're never going to get tired of seeking God. We've got rest of eternity to seek God. And we never get, he's unsearchable. The angels, seraphims that fly around the throne. I don't know for how many thousands and thousands of years in human terms, they have been going around the throne crying out the holiness of God. But I can tell you this, they're not doing that out of boredom. They're doing that out of the fact that their hearts are burning. In fact, the seraphim, another word for seraphim, are burning ones. Their hearts are burning for God. And with every revolution around the throne comes a revelation of God. And every revelation causes you to want to seek him more. If Paul, at the end of his life, could say that I may know him, after all the great things God did through Paul, he says that I may know him. Then I think to myself, well, I think I, I have a lot to know as well. You know, and I'm not going to get tired of seeking God. So I want to encourage us. Your prayer life, I believe the Lord is saying, I want your prayer life to be first and foremost about me, seeking me. As you begin to go after God and say, Lord, I want to behold your beauty. I want to I want to fall in love with you again to the point where my heart is captivated by you. In that place, you don't even have to necessarily be presenting things to God. You know, God would... When you make God's priority your priority, he will make your priority his priority. Does that make sense? (laughs) When you make God's priority your priority, he in turn makes your priority his priority. Because there are times you don't necessarily have to say, God, I need this. Because your heart is so captivated by God, your needs get met. And I'm not saying that happens automatically, but I'm saying... Your prayer life does not have to be driven by your needs. It doesn't have to be driven by circumstances. Let it be driven by this burning heart for God. Because I can tell you this, on the day of judgment, when we all stand before God, he's going to look at us. And what we have started right here on this side of eternity is going to be continued on that other side of eternity. We're going to be loving God. Probably not be preaching and playing. I don't know. Might be playing keyboards. I don't know. I play keyboards, by the way. But I don't know. Might be doing that in heaven. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know i don't know but the point is we're going to be serving god with hearts that are burning for him why not start right here why do i have to wait till then so my simple message is god wants our hearts to burn for for him in the place of burning prayer becomes easier not necessarily easy all the time but prayer becomes easier because it becomes something that flows from your heart as opposed to something that someone is saying you gotta pray you gotta pray you gotta pray and then oh god i've got to pray again The moment you go, oh, I've got to pray again. Your heart is not there. Your heart is not on fire. Your heart is not burning for God. And that is indication. All you need to say, God, I admit where my heart is right now. Change me. I'm not hungry for you, but please give me the hunger. It takes God to love God. I'm going to end right there. So I'm going to pray and hand over. (laughs) Is that okay? (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. we pray now briefly? Yeah, oh. Well, we, we don't have any oh we don't okay yeah. well let's pray do you mind standing um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray um, and I want you to really be honest where you are with God um, even though I'm standing here speaking to you I am more concerned about how I'm with God when no one is there my priority is that I connect with God when no one is there. And some of you find it very hard to connect with God when no one is there. You're like, oh, it's so hard, I can't hear him, I can't feel him. Well, I don't necessarily hear him or feel him or whatever. But my passion is to burn for him just oops. <laughs> my passion is to burn for him, just me and him alone. So let us um do you mind playing something in the background if the keyboard is yeah 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 Colin. Um and and just really you and God I want you to be honest with God and say Lord I want you to impact my heart with a greater level of passion for you. And maybe what you need to pray as well is, God, remove ungodly emotions in my heart. Lord, uh, purify me from all the ungodly things that are hindering me from really making uh, the first commandment the priority of my life. You know, And just be as honest as you can be before God. There's no point trying to pretend with God because right now God can see all our hearts. God can see my heart. We can deceive each other, but we cannot deceive God. And he's here right now, and I believe he wants to release that burning desire to us. I mean, he wants to release it to us more than we even want it. He desires, he's jealous for us, and he wants us to be jealous for him. He's a jealous God. Father, I pray God that you would impact our hearts, Lord, in this place today with a greater zeal and devotion for you, Lord. That, Father, the first commandment will remain the first commandment, Lord. That our hearts would continue to be impacted by your love, by your passion for us, Lord. Father, we don't want to just pray out of obligation, Lord. We want prayer to be an to to be a natural outflow of our desires for you come on just pray and speak your words to the Lord as I pray as well Lord come and impact us Lord come and impact us with a greater zeal and devotion for you Lord Father we want to burn for you Lord we want to burn for you with a greater passion a greater passion Lord I know this is your desire for us because everything flows from the place of intimacy everything flows from the place of a burning heart for you Lord and Father, we want to be those people, Lord. Like Elijah, like John the Baptist, like Daniel, like Esthers. Oh God, like Paul. That would burn in just devotion for you, Lord. That we would not be just more passionate about working for you than we are for you, Lord. That our passion for you would exceed our passion for every other thing, Lord. Our passion for you would exceed our passion for our needs to be met. Our passion for you would exceed every other thing, Lord. Father, begin right here with our hearts, Lord. As we turn to you, we say, come Lord come Holy Spirit and impact us again Lord with a greater zeal for your name oh God we need you Lord because we know it is you that works in us Lord right now Lord release a grace for us to press into more of you Lord a grace to press into more of you Lord and not to remain on the fringes of your glory Lord we want to step into the fullness of life in you Lord oh God thank you Lord for your grace thank you for your grace here right now Thank you for your grace here right now, God. Upon each person as we're opening our hearts to you. Come on, just open up your heart to the Lord. Do it, Lord, in us, Lord. Do it in me, Lord. I want to burn more for you, Lord. Father, I want you to look at me on the day of judgment and and see that, Lord, I gave you all of my heart, Lord. Not just half-hearted worship or half-hearted lifestyle. Lord, I want to give you everything, Lord. Everything, everything. And live like it, Lord. Because this life is so short, Lord. I want to give you everything, Lord. And burn, Lord. And be ready to even die for this cause, Lord. That I'm consumed by a holy desire for you, Lord. Oh God, impact my heart again, Lord With the one thing, Lord Do it, Lord Do it, Lord, I pray, Father Do it, Lord Let it begin right here, Lord Thank you, Jesus I feel like the Lord is releasing a grace upon us And maybe um, the Lord might be requiring of you to, to maybe make some time Maybe when you get home this evening Not, you know just you and God, just, just make some time and just just be with the Lord and just express your heart to Him. Even if it's frustration of your spiritual life and say, Lord, help me. I just feel frustrated. Whatever it is, I believe the Lord is calling us to a deeper place of just consistent prayer lives that are driven with honesty and driven from a place of intimacy. And the Lord is saying the grace is here today for you to step into that. And I believe the Lord is releasing that grace on all of us. But we have a choice to either take it or leave it. And it's not gonna be a burdensome task. Just being real with God. Just talking to God and being real with Him. There's a grace that's gonna be the re- grace that's been released such that we can step into greater intimacy. So Lord, we receive this grace, Lord, to walk closely with you, Lord. To walk closely with you, Lord. And even in the place of intimacy, the Lord is going to begin to clarify things to you about visions, even things you you're not praying for. The Lord will begin to meet needs, but the Lord will begin to show you deeper realities, even about your calling in life. Some of you are praying about clarity and direction in your life, and the Lord, I believe, the Lord is saying to you, you know, yeah, you can pray for clarity and direction in your life, but I believe the Lord is saying, I want you to be consumed by me in the place of being consumed by me you will see clearly you will see clearly be consumed by me and you will see clearly so lord i pray god that we would have our eyes open lord to your beauty today lord my eyes included lord i want to be constantly captivated by this thank you jesus encourage you just to keep praying, Um, you know, don't wait for anyone, you know, this is just you and God, and it's between you and God, so just go for it in your heart, speak our words, if you need to kneel down, kneel down, whatever it is, just be open to the Lord.